This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. We are uh, wading into the Obamacare discussion. The Republicans did not repeal it. They have the Congress, they have the House, they have the Senate, they have the White House. They did not repeal it. They didn't, and I don't think they ever wanted to i think they let it happen on purpose i've got reasons behind that i have uh, a lot of examples of um, things i think point to that conclusion i want to get into that i want to uh point out talk about something that was just uh on one of our news breaks about this guy scaramucci becoming the new press secretary uh, i don't know if that's his exact um title but he's in and sean spicer is out and i just want to kind of give you a what to watch out for i have this twitter hashtag hashtag wtwof and i put what to watch out for is on there and they often come true and i saw a couple of these things kind of coming and now i think i understand how they're coming together spicer on inauguration day really uh set himself up and was jumped on. I just smelled a rat with the, with the whole way um, his, his role was launched. And I pegged or called right then that he would be a short timer, that he was some kind of placeholder for somebody else. I don't know what, but he was not going to be there long. And he has gone one of the shortest tenures of a press secretary's history. Now, what people what was not on people's radar was this guy scaramucci and in january i wrote an article about him saying to watch out for him that he was assigned the role of you know what valerie jarrett's title had been that he was a he's a davos man like davos switzerland he's like a globalist an elite globalist uh he's just kind of a shady i think he's a shady character he's he's a media guy whatever but he he made a speech to davos last time saying uh, don't fall for the hype. Trump is globalism's last chance because he can uh, use populism to to get the masses back in the fold, basically. I mean, that's how I interpreted his speech. You can look. I tweeted out the article I had written earlier. Um, but now I see Scaramucci is taking this larger role, and I feel like what he's doing is uh, carrying on or launching a dialectic, a uh, problem, crisis, resolution, or thesis, antithesis, synthesis kind of um, operation that I talked about on my April 15th show. You can listen to the podcast of that. It was a good show where I said I thought that this, that there is this emerging schism in the White House. Everybody's talking about it, but I think it's... Um, I thought it was a little bit of a setup, but it's the bannon Prebus faction versus the kushner cone faction and scaramucci dominating spicer i think is uh a sign that is you know he joins that kushner Cone, which are they're all democrats and scaramucci was uh an obama supporter if i recall correctly 
But I think this is just part of the drama that's coming out of the White House. It'll probably have a longer term meaning, maybe for 2020, the presidential election. I don't know. Uh, I get the feeling that Bannon and Priebus are there to keep the alt-right on, you know, the populist stuff on Trump's side while he embraces all these Goldman guys and uh, cronies and big money. I mean, it's an interesting tension that I think is meant to keep uh, to keep two factions kind of um, in the tent at the same time. We'll see how that unfolds. I'll keep watching it. But I definitely, uh, this guy was on my radar. And here he is. But I got to say, there's a couple of funny, do you... Binkley is here. Binkley, do you have the um, what? Was, there was one. I have a quote by Scaramucci, but I think you have a quote by Donald Trump. Let me find the Scaramucci. Tweet. Oh yeah, here he says. He says he addressed reporters Friday. I was listening to the press conference like in real time, which I usually don't. And he says um, he said he thanks Spicer for doing a quote amazing job and added. I love the guy. I hope he goes on to make a tremendous amount of money. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just so crass. So he really comes off as such a, you know, I, I, I want to use a vulgar term because he's a just wise really, guy, a, a wise guy. But no, like not even I'm not even talking about the mafiosa aspect that he makes you feel. It's the it's the jerk thing. It's yeah. the it's the money is everything, you know, slick. Wall Streeter, which I actually think, I think that Trump's kind of billionaire thing is overblown. This guy's thing is overblown, too, because when I looked at I used to be an investment banker. And from what I could tell, he was a uh, his highest rank was a vice president in private wealth management, which is a very lucrative and respectable career for a normal person. But, I, I you know, it doesn't indicate any running the country type credentials, if you ask me. It was not it was not a very prestigious uh position at, at Goldman on Wall Street, I'm sure. But he has some funny background. I don't know. I think he's a deep state guy. But what was the uh, Trump tweet? Trump's tweet, it was similar. He, it was, Sean Spicer is a wonderful person who took <laughs> tremendous abuse from the fake news media, but his future is bright. Yes. So I heard that tweet. Like he, uh, He's a good guy, got you know his butt kicked by the fake media. And I just thought, you know, it's like, this is how I translated that tweet in my mind. I thought, uh, yeah, it's a shame that weak loser got his butt kicked so hard every day that he had to move schools. But I'm sure <laughs> if he goes to a school with, for weak losers, he's going to do great. Yeah. And, you know, so that's what we want the best for him. We yeah. want the best. I think that was my Scaramucci voice. I that's gave it pretty to good. Trump. Sorry. Trump is from Queens, but he doesn't. He doesn't uh, we're from Brooklyn. I think that's like <laughs> Is that a step below? Uh-oh. If my family's listening, I'm going to get a whole lot of emails. Like, what do you mean Brooklyn's below Queens? <laughs> Absolutely untrue. Untrue. <laughs> and the Bronx to them is upstate. I mean, you might as well be a lumberjack if you live in the Bronx. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I just think this whole thing is going to be funny. But I, I, do, I do think that the drama is in part just a ratings-getting sideshow. But in this case, I feel like the dialectic they're setting up between the alt-right populist faction and the rich guy crony Democrat faction is actually going to be more than just a sideshow. I think they're going to use it for political purposes. And I will say it folds into the Obamacare thing because the theatrics that I'm seeing that I've always been seeing from the Republicans since 2013, at least, uh, to me, is just a way to get us to buy in. 
because they have the left, the right, the Republicans, the Democrats, uh, you know, I don't even distinguish between them in, in this regard. They have, uh, they're really just doing this to get us to believe that the democratic process is working or that I should say it's to subvert the actual procedures that are in our laws, the, the Supreme Court, the Constitution, they don't care about it. None of them care about it anymore up there. There's powers behind every, you know, most, if not all, of the seats there that even you see it in local elections in Atlanta, like little elections where 100 votes can make a difference. The invested powers in that little community can really make the difference. And they, I think they, they all this, all these shenanigans uh are meant to get us to accept things that are really violations of the constitution I mean, what john roberts did was wrong in accepting obamacare and then you can go one step further and say if if john roberts was right and it was a tax that voided obamacare on its face because taxes have to start in the house and that and obamacare started in the senate so they're subverting our laws um and it, and it just shows the power, the effort they have to take to actually subvert that those pieces of paper our laws are written on actually do have some power. They're a way for us to fight. Uh, and all this, all this noise is there, is that our politicians' way of snowing us, and they are. But I want to I explore a little bit about that with the Republicans. At the bottom of the hour, let me take a quick call. I'm going to Mike in Duluth. Hi, Mike. You're on with Monica. Yes, I have two things, and it's a slight diversion from Obamacare. Totally fine. Uh, when are you going to have another off-site radio broadcast like you've done two times in the past at the um, Harps Irish Pub? Yes, that is so super-duper fun. I kind of feel like if I overdo it, I'm not going to get a good crowd. So let's plan on doing it when I, ca- I get completely derailed, completely derailed from the football and basketball. So it's going to be a while after all those seasons are over. I'll have, I'll initiate my um, good stretch of broadcasting with another Liberty on the rocks at, at the heart. But if in the meanwhile, maybe we should have an impromptu Liberty on the rocks where I don't broadcast, but we just all get together for a pint of Guinness. So okay. that work? And the, yeah, that, that's fine for me. The second thing, it was already a lead in on what you were just saying that you are not necessarily there every Saturday because a bunch of guys show up in Athens and they want to play football, you get bumped for X amount of weeks. What I'm asking people to do is if they like you as much as I like you, call the powers that be at WSB and request that Monica be on Monday through Friday in prime time. That because you are more informative than many of the people that are on the air right now. Mike, I uh, would never take a shot at anybody else, but I really appreciate your confidence in me and that you enjoy it. And I'm, I'm happy to give as much or as little as I am asked to give. But I also, do you listen to our podcast, Mike, or do you just like the live stuff? We make podcasts, but there's no calls. I, I like everything. Oh, it's just good. that... When you talk about things that are going on with the government, you peel off the layers of the onion on things that we never, ever hear from the TV uh, people that give out information on what they want to give out, not what the truth is. 
Thank you so much for that vote of confidence. I have to say my show last week and the week before was this stuff about uh, Ukraine and the backstory of our own Assistant Secretary of State being behind the coup that happened there, um, leaked audio about uh, uh, the protests in the square in Ukraine where snipers shot both policemen and protesters to spark a riot, really deep, dark stuff. I played it. I did it on my show on WSB. A week later, WSB played it again. This was really hot stuff, what you're talking about, Mike. Yet, when Binkley posted it on our YouTube channels, uh, they demonetized it. He put a title on there that said, Ukraine, uh, Putin didn't destabilize Ukraine, we did, and they, they wouldn't let us... Uh, not that you get pennies on that stuff, but <laughs> I'm just saying... I mean, isn't that interesting? So uh, I love the opportunity to be on the air. I'm happy for as much or as little. But if you don't get enough, you can check out our podcast. They're really good. uh, PropagandaReportDaily.com. You can get them all. And uh, I'll we'll keep talking about this. Maybe I'll expose the Republicans and uh, and in a way that you're not hearing anywhere else. After the break, four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty one eight hundred WSB Talk, or you can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News ninety five five and AM seven fifty WSB seven tomorrow's high a little bit cooler ninety one weekend weather brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. Talking about the basics, socialized medicine. I mean, these kids are getting brainwashed by (laughs) pictures of beautiful little babies. And I don't think they understand that the net value of the government controlling healthcare is not necessarily healthier babies. Uh, Going to Ann in Atlanta. Hi, Ann. You're on with Monica. Hi, how are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm fine. So um, if it wasn't for Obamacare, I would not be insured. Um, When my husband was alive and he worked for a company, we got insurance from his company and we paid. And then when he passed away, I found that I had to go out on the open market. And thank God I was able to because I have a pre-existing condition. I am paying $1,000 a month for my care. I'm not excited about that. But my problem is I've gone through three different health insurance companies that go, oh, here's your policy. You can have it. And then before I even get through the first three or four months, they go, by the way, we're not going to be in the state of Georgia next year. And so Because of Obamacare? Need, yeah, I think that. And I think if it was private health care, would they be able to keep pulling out of the state like they do? Well, they didn't, then, though. When it was private, actually, they didn't. And there were rules, and there I think there still are, of of selling insurance across borders so it limits competition you're really stuck with very few choices because of the government regulation well but then but then before we went to obamacare though if i had a precondition a pre-existing condition they would have said we don't want to take you on even if you're willing to pay this amount of money so there's got to be a happy medium between well here i would back up the way they set it up i hope i have time to get this out Housing, education, and health care are all subsidized by the government. Mortgages are tax-deductible, school loans are subsidized, and health insurance is deductible at the employment level. Those are all financial products. It's not health care. It's not tuition. It's not 
rent, it's the financial price. It's a total subsidy for financial products. It And it distorts the market so that people get their health care from employers and and uh, employers use that as a benefit. There, In my opinion, there's no reason for any of that. If you took it out of uh, you having to belong to an institution in order to get health care and uh, health insurance, because the fact is by promoting health insurance that way, you drive up the price of actual health care. So in a free society that didn't have the government manipulating uh, subsidizing, encouraging, or forcing people to buy insurance to kind of over-insure, you would have a very different product. I mean, maybe you would have a cradle-to-grave health insurance, life insurance policy they could never kick you off of as long as you pay a monthly fee. You pay taxes. You pay taxes your entire working life. You know, it would be a lot cheaper if it was efficient, private, and competitive. But you have to realize that we're, we're looking at this in a snapshot. We need to take a step back. 800-WSB-TALK. Tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. You got me excited because this would truly be both an adventure and a learning experience. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I am your libertarian voice on WSB Saturdays from 3 to 6. So we are sadly in the home stretch because I'm only on page 5 of my 9 pages of things I don't like about Obamacare. <laughs> so, um, but one thing I absolutely have to get to. I had some clips. They're good. Uh, but the calls I have waiting jason john james look better than my clips so you guys hang on i'm gonna get to you i think i might do the clips um binkley and i'll do a podcast later in the week try to get to those if you look for our podcast it's this show and a and a kind of just internet show we do which you can find all the episodes on propagandareportdaily.com don't forget the Carathon Aflac Cancer Center. Carathon is this week. WSB raises a lot of money for the Cancer Center and has fun doing it. It's so touching, so moving. I uh, love it. Starts 5 o'clock Thursday morning, but I'm going to be on with Dave Baker and Krista DiBiaz at 11 o'clock Thursday night, and I think that it's a very good listening. So you're going to have to write a check, <laughs> probably, but um, but it's worth it. We'll try to make it worth your while. So tune in for that. But one thing I want to do before I get to those calls is uh, I wanted to talk about, um, I just wanted to tick off because it's important to get it out there. The reasons I, the, the indications that I have that the Republicans want this and have always wanted it. They want universal health care. They want health care at the federal level. So I'm going to tick off my reasons. Let me get a tweet from you, Binkley. What you got? Dean tweets that no one should be forced into a financial contract with a business. That's true. I mean, I, how Republicans can uh, can stand behind that, I don't know. But this is these are the things uh, that I'm is going to take off in September 2013. I have a a podcast on com called Obamacare is a hot mess, but it's September 2013, and it was before it was implemented. Ted Cruz did this like fake filibuster thing. Um, I think it was like showmanship on his part. I think he knew it was going to fail, and I'm not sure he was genuine about it. I hate to throw him under the bus, but at the time, I totally believed he was doing it genuinely. But then and now, it w- I believe it would have worked if Republicans stood behind it, and it was not a big deal, that 
in order to get the budget passed, they needed to be able to vote on the budget. Harry Reid, who was the head of the Senate at the time, needed 60 votes, and he didn't have them just as Democrats. So the Republicans, if they did not vote on what's called cloture to um, get on with an actual vote on the budget and stop discussion, if the, if the Republicans didn't vote for it, it wouldn't have gone to a vote. And they could have just kicked that can on Obamacare, even if it meant budget continuing resolution, shut down the government. I don't care. I knew, and I said it on the air at the time, if they don't get rid of this, if they don't keep this thing from being implemented, you'll never get rid of it. And if they implement it and it fails and it's meant to, you're going to have single payer. And I think that's the track we're on. And I did read a couple of articles throwing Rand Paul under the bus, throwing Trump under the bus, their attitude towards Trump care or Obamacare, whatever. If they let Obamacare fail, uh, it'll be their fault. What happens next? Not true. It's been in the cards all along. The Democrats wanted to go to total government-run health care, and these Republicans are playing right into it. They wanted to win elections uh, on the Obamacare issue, but they like that on the top. A uh, couple of reasons I think so. First of all, John Roberts was a Republican appointee, the Supreme Court justice who wrongly deemed this constitutional wrong. Um, but the real issue, once he said it was a tax, John Roberts... The real issue was that if it's a tax, it had to originate in, con- in the House and it originated in the Senate. So it was unconstitutional on his face at that point. He should have thrown it out right then and there. He did not. And no Republican challenged it. Uh, the Heritage uh, Foundation, what's it called? Um, Heritage.org. <laughs> I forget the full name of it. They, uh, when Clinton was coming out with uh, universal health care, they promoted this thing, which is mandatory health insurance. Romney implemented it in Massachusetts, and he was the ones one they put up as the Republican presidential candidate. In a one-issue election, they put up the only Republican who did not have the moral high ground on Obamacare. And I heard Dick Morris and other people in Iowa when Ron Paul was, was really running away with the primary, Dick Morris said, a vote for Ron Paul is a vote for Obama. And in reality, a vote for Romney was a vote for Obamacare, no matter which one went won. Uh, just, I'm not going to go through all of the points I have, but but very telling thing is an article I wrote uh, as a review of a book by Irving Kristol. I've talked about it before. It's called Neoconservatism, the Autobiography of an Idea. Of an idea. He says, I'll just read one of the quotes. He says, the basic, he, he's in favor of a conservative welfare state. And he says that the elite ruling class has an obligation to mold and shape the opinions of the people who know they don't know anything. That's almost a direct quote. This is a direct quote. He says, the basic principle behind a conservative welfare state ought to be a simple one. Wherever possible, people should be allowed to keep their own money. Sounds good. Rather than have it transferred via taxes to the state. Sounds good. On condition that they put it to certain defined uses. So you can keep your own money as long as you're forced to buy insurance. And then in another place, he says uh, the great society should have included some form of national health insurance. That was his big thing. So this is Irving Kristol, the father of the neoconservative movement, the guy who wrote the blueprint. That book is the blueprint for today's Republican Party. And uh, and you I mean, it's all over their uh, their real philosophy, even. Read the Wall Street Journal this week, Martin Feldstein. Uh, all these people wrote how to make Trump care work. And and for me, uh, that's a tell. Just repeal it. Repeal it. 
set aside a bridge. It'll cost less. Just anybody who's been affected by Obamacare, set aside a bridge until you can return health care to the states, even Medicare and Medicaid. Why can't the states organize their own millions of people within their borders? No reason. That's what the 10th Amendment requires. That's what they should do. So thank you for listening to that. Uh, what should have taken an hour? Took five minutes. I am going to go to Jason and Marietta. Hi, Jason. You're on with Monica. Hey, yeah. Um, I think the, the key number one most important thing to remember uh, about all this is that uh, governments lie. They lie to us and tell us anything they need to tell us to get whatever they want to do done. Uh, you had a caller a couple of hours ago uh, mention the income tax. All right, well, this, that's the 16th Amendment. They passed the 16th Amendment predicated on three lies. One, uh, it's a tiny tax. Two, only the wealthiest will, have, will ever pay it. And three, as soon as the war is over, it'll go away. We're going to write it back out of the Constitution. Well, now it's not a tiny tax. Uh, now uh, everybody but the poorest Americans pay it, and the war was over a hundred years ago. All right, <laughs> Obamacare was predicated on a lie. All right, I mean, if if you were hiring somebody to do a job, how many times would you let your contractor lie to you before you fired? It? Yeah, that's such a great point. Because, and that's what I was trying I mean, to say we, earlier. We've got to figure out how to start taking power away from the federal government yes. and transferring it back to the state here's the thing and, is is that we have a conflict of interest with the government so we think of government as an extension of ourselves but in reality no, they they are against itself. us say it again <laughs> it's an entity all to itself government right does what government needs to make sure that government lives and the only legitimizing or legitimating uh, uh, premise on which it exists is to serve us as actually as an extension of our right to self-defense. We are bound together because we say defensively, as at least the American experiment was based on that. The, the federal government, I like the Articles of Confederation, which did not allow taxation at yeah. all uh, at yeah, the federal it, level. So uh, I'm with you. I think um, that our government, even if you consent to be governed, no one, if you, if you acknowledge that the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and the Declaration of Independence are the foundational laws of this country, the things that garnered our consent to be governed, then our government is totally illegitimate at this point because it steals our money, kills in our name, and violates that foundational law every single day. And uh, and that's why this is not uh, it's not a legitimate government and and it needs to be dismantled. <laughs> it's certainly shrunk. Thank you, Jason. I'm going to John. John in Buford. Hi, John. You're on with Monica. Uh, good afternoon, Monica. And thank you for having me on your show. Thanks for calling. Uh, what you got? Uh, I, ha- I have a daughter uh, and like any teenager, she was the Bernie uh Give me, give me for free everything. Free college. And no, she, she, this is, she's right before college. She's going into uh, her senior year this year. And she couldn't figure out why, when she did her calculations for her summertime job, she couldn't figure out why her paycheck was less than what she figured. <laughs> and I had to go, I know, it's funny. It's and great. I had to show her, hey, look, nothing's free. And we went through the gamut. And, and her eyes just got, you know, as wide as pancakes. 
And yeah, because she was probably used to dealing with you. So you're like, I'll give you $5 to wash the car. And you gave her $5 to wash the car. You didn't get her to do it and say, oh, I'm going to keep it for, uh, yeah. you know, the air conditioner I'm using in my room. Exactly. But in a second point, the, the answer to the socialized medicine is two words. Uh, socialize and power. And that's all. That, that's it. That, that's, that's the only reason why we have it. Yeah, and and it's actually uh, I I I am so cynical at this point that I believe it's a subsidy to a really um, dysfunctional healthcare system that doesn't really, you know, the the correlation between having health insurance and having health, I would say, might actually even be inverse. Like, I I, I don't know. I mean, it's a simplified example, but my grandmother was. 95 and hadn't seen a doctor since he came to deliver her last baby uh, 60 years prior to that. And I asked my doctor, like, what's the one thing I could do to prevent cancer? And she said, choose your genes wisely. I was like, yeah. okay, <laughs> so why do I pay? I think it's something like $12,000 a year <laughs> insurance for my family. Uh, I don't but know. Socialized uh, does not belong in this country. I know well, we have a lot of programs that are socialized. Yeah, but it doesn't belong here, right. and and you know yeah. what? There, if you want to live in a socialist country, there are a lot to choose from. And if you want to live in a socialist state, you can. There, there are many states that absolutely have and would have uh, programs that are even bigger than this. That that uh, move to California. There's a lot of room there. <laughs> you know, it's just the whole beauty of the experiment. The American experiment was that you could vote with your feet. You could move out. And, and every state is robust enough to support whatever policies it, it can support. You know, And if it doesn't, if it collapses, well, there's your lesson. You don't go to another state and say, we need to steal some of your money because we can't live within our means. And that's the only reason to bring it up to the federal level. There's no economy of scale. Anyway, James, hang on. I'm going to get you right after the break. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Showers and storms likely. High 88 is forecast for Monday as the work week begins, but that could change. So stay tuned to WSB for weekend weather brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. I am giving James and Canton the last word. James, what you got? Hey, Monica, thanks. Hey, um, I just wanted to, to comment that I think uh, it's quite a shame that now that we have a president that's a Republican, um, conservative focus, uh, the conservatives or the Republicans own both houses, um, you know, Congress, and is that and, and something that was talked about openly about eight to ten years ago when we started this whole health care debate about what really needs reform. Uh, that these two things aren't even being mentioned, or, and they're off the table. And the first is tort reform, and the second is loser-pay system. Um, and it, it seems to be that people have forgotten that the real problem with health care is that 70% of the cost is liability insurance, and the lawyers have essentially you know, commandeered the system uh, and made the, the health care unaffordable for a lot of people and not accessible. And that's really what should be uh, at the forefront of the health care reform discussion. And it's not even on the table. And that's I think a, that's, that's a, a great shame. point. 
at that time, uh, a good friend of mine was a doctor, and she just mentioned to me, and I'll never forget, she said the three things that really just cripple the healthcare system are, right, that liability insurance that the doctors have to pay, uh, the the fact that they are, there isn't cross-border competition for health insurers so that there's competition and you can get whatever you want. And also she mentioned end-of-life care. She said that there's just the cost, almost all the health costs are end-of-life care, which opens the door to how much value are you really getting from healthcare if if you're mostly healthy most of the time, um, then then insurance should actually be pretty cheap. Just pay for your doctor's visits and pay for some catastrophic insurance. I did want to point out that uh, Rand Paul, in his defense, people were criticizing him. He did. He said that Trump care or this latest thing actually codified some of the things the Democrats couldn't get into Obamacare that solved some of the problems and it'll keep it going. So don't give him too short a shrift until you look into it a little bit more. We continue this conversation all week long on Facebook, Twitter at Monica Perez show. You can check out my podcast with Binkley at, uh, prop- sorry, propaganda report daily.com. And, uh, we will be back next Saturday from three to six and I'll be doing the uh, Carathon Thursday at 11 p.m. So lots of good stuff. Talk to you next week. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.